As CBS3's Don Bell told me last night, does the P on the Phillies hat stand for Phillies? Or does it stand for panic? You tell me, loyal listeners, if we have any of those. You tell me, how are you feeling on this this Monday, September 19th, after the Phillies were swept out of a road series in Atlanta, dropped into the last wildcard spot, sitting two games ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers, an effective three-game lead, again, which you will be reminded of frequently, they have the tiebreaker, a half game behind the San Diego Padres. Those of you who wanted the Phillies to settle into that last spot, by the way, you are getting what you wanted. But how does it feel after another poor showing against the Braves? How are you feeling right now? Because the question I think I have, hello, I'm Paul Boyer, joined by the Athletic Philadelphia's Matt Gelb, as always. Welcome to Phillies Therapy. The feeling I have, and Matt, I believe you share this sentiment with me, is that the fatalism for a team that is still, again, as they have been for multiple episodes in a row now, many, many episodes in a row now, in playoff position by multiple games, that the fatalism is, is settling in rather hard. And people are not feeling good about a team that is, you know, in a good spot, objectively, to make it to the playoffs. They lost three in Atlanta. It's a it's an L4 overall. It's not great. They got leapfrogged by San Diego, who's who's playing really well, uh, pretty well, I guess, for them. Also really eking out those one-run games. Padres are 28 and 13 in one-run games. I'm not bitter. Anyway, back to the team we really care about, the Phillies. They're 80 and 66. They're a half game behind the Padres with a game in hand. They are two games up on the Brewers. They each have uh, 16 games left. Matt, you think they need to go 88 and 74, which would be 8 and 8 the rest of the way to, to secure this spot. Why, for a team that is still objectively, seemingly, in very good playoff position, yes, I'll say very good, very good playoff position. Does it feel like they're not? Is it, what what's missing here? A am I am I putting something together that's not really there? Are, is the interest level in this currently playoff positioned team really this low, or or am I just in a in a in a social media vacuum that's warping my perception? What what's going on here? Also, hi. Hope you had a nice weekend down in Atlanta. <laughs> Had a good weekend. Uh, always great to be in Atlanta. I I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I, I can't put my finger on it, though, either. Like, I mean, obviously, we know it's like the scars run really deep. Yeah. And the difference this year, as opposed to previous years, and I was actually talking to Kyle Gibson about it, and it's in, it's in my story today, is that, like, they're not chasing someone this year. Like, they're being chased. Mm -hmm. And and like Gibson's like we have to and we've been talking about this in the clubhouse is like we have to, you know, we have to be confident. We are in a confident position right now. Like we still have a spot in the playoffs. Like somebody has to catch us. Yeah. We are not trying to catch someone else. And though he admitted and, and he he actually called upon his time in Minnesota where the twins 
you know, for years we're, we're, we're pushing the boulder up the hill and only for it to roll over them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's easy to think like, here we go again, you know, until you do it, until you do it, like you're going to hear that. Yes. And, you know, Gibson talked about, and this is a refrain that I've heard from multiple players is like, they just keep talking about how, you know, we are not the 2018 Phillies. We're not the 2019 Phillies or the 2022 Phillies. And it's great to, to say that, of course, but, you know, again, until they do it, uh, you know, there's going to be some skepticism. And, and I guess I'll admit for the first time, like, I'm a little bit skeptical about everything. I think because what they're doing right now, Paul, is they're making it so much harder on themselves. And are they going to get in? Yeah, I think they're going to get in. I really do. I still think they're in. I still think they'll be playing playoff baseball. But, you know, what are those last three games of the regular season going to look like? Are, are they going to be games the Phillies need to get to get in because they've made it harder? Are they going to have to use Aaron Nola in one of those Houston games? Are they going to have to really lean on their bullpen and use their guys and ride their guys to try to just to get in? And then what does that three-game series, what does your pitching look like? And, and, and what we were talking about last week is like it, it's looking like, you know, they're in a great spot where they could just – you know, get a spot before those final three games and mm-hmm. not have to really worry about who you're pitching. And that would give you a, a better, a, a really, a fighter's chance in that best of three. You're going to be an underdog. We know that. Uh, but if, if you're an underdog and you don't have your pitching lined up, then, then you really don't have a chance. Yeah. And so I, I think the general sentiment that I'm getting from Phillies fans, and it's not just on social media, is people are, are upset because it doesn't seem nothing seems to matter. It doesn't seem to matter if they get in because they don't really have a chance in the first round anyway. And that, and people point to, you know, the way they performed against the Mets and then the Braves this past weekend. Uh, I, I, I quibble with that. I think that's kind of a loser mentality. You know, they haven't played a postseason game in a decade. You know, is it possible to get in the playoffs? They lose that first round. And they never host a playoff game. It doesn't feel like they made it. Yeah, it does. I think that's clearly possible. The top of the National League is really good. Like, yeah. Whether they're facing the Mets or the Braves or the Cardinals, I feel like the Cardinals have – everyone wanted them to get the sixth seed. You, you alluded to that. I feel like the Cardinals have this, like, special aura juju thing happening where Always. it's like – it's, it's Wainwright and Molina and Pujols, and you're like, are they really going to lose in the first round? Like, it's do you really want to face year this with team? <laughs> like, every so year. So I don't know. I don't know if you want to face them. I almost think you want to face the Braves instead of the Cardinals, but that's just me, and maybe that's crazy talk. But uh, I, I I, don't know. It's hard to pin down the feeling. It is. And, like, it's hard to, like, rise above that, right? And, like, I've been trying, and people think that I'm weird because I've been, like, almost too optimistic for the last weeks, and I think that's because they're <laughs> Like, they're what's good. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I think they're good, and I don't ever. I never thought that they were a great team, and I haven't written that they're a great team. I haven't sure. said they're a great team because I don't think they are. Right. But I think they're a good team, and I, you know, I still think that I do. I just think they're making it much harder on themselves than they, than it should be. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, they are a good team, and everything bears that out. They're 14 games above 500. Their their run differential bears that out. They're they're, you know, they, they should be where they're at right now a clearly above 500 team that's going to secure a winning record that's in good position for a playoff spot. I I think the point you made a minute ago about needing to see a little bit more to really believe something along those lines. 
is really pertinent, especially with the, the Brave series that we're thankfully leaving in the rearview mirror. And we <laughs> don't have to go back there, you know, maybe for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think the thing about needing to see more is, is a good one. Because with all the time that has passed, with all of the seasons that have gone by, and especially recently with the collapses that have happened, we need to keep getting positive reinforcement, I think, to soothe the part of our brains that always has that bit lurking in the back, like, oh, something is going to go wrong. Because so frequently and so dramatically, even on a microcosmic scale, and especially on Friday's game against Atlanta, like... That that, imp- that was an implosion. That that was a coll- that set a bad tone for the series. Saturday and Sunday's games were were objectively good games. Those were good baseball games. I actually thought they played good this they weekend. Did. People they are gonna did. I'm gonna get crushed for that. No, no, I'm that. with you. They I play- actually thought they played all right. They did. They played fine, yeah. especially those last two games. They they played good, but it's gonna get lost because they got swept. And I get it. That's the result that matters. But you can't even get a takeaway there because now we're at a point where. There was a chance to leave a little bit of that in the dust to maybe have a better showing, pick up at least a win and get people feeling a little bit better about, you know, Milwaukee kind of creeping up. And especially as Milwaukee won on Friday and Saturday against the Yankees, who who gave the Phillies no help until Sunday. Thanks for that, Yankees. (laughs) Uh, You know, Nola comes out. Nola was Nola was actually decent. I know he's, he gave up the four runs, you know, the two two spots early in the game, but then he, he finished strong. But it, that's not enough because the past few years have built up this this really bad feeling in a lot of us. I'll speak for myself, but I think I'm also speaking for a few people out there. There's this bad feeling that's built up that, you know, Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Friday happened and it was a complete implosion with, you know, formerly the best reliever on the staff who's now looking rusty coming off his injury and just, you know, he fell apart. Nola then had a, an okay start, but you're looking for something better because he's got these September demons and he needs to shake. And then Sunday they just, they Spencer Strider didn't have his a stuff and he still no hit them through five innings. They were putting guys on base, which was good. And you felt like they were close. They could do something Bohm ties the game. And then they immediately give the lead back up. You know, it was just one of the, it didn't feel good, even though they were competitive games. And I think when people are going to look back on it, they're just going to be like, oh, they got swept. There's nothing to really take away from that. And I'm I'm trying a little harder here, I'll admit, because I do still feel like there's a lot to be positive about with this team and that this is a playoff caliber team, even if it is on the lower end. And yes, no matter who they face in the National League, because the NL is good this year, they're going to be an underdog. We've been over that. That this is still worth being excited about. Playoff baseball is on the doorstep. There, there, there's something here that this particular team, this version of this team, is giving you that the past few years did not. It's still there. I realize they got swept by Atlanta. I get it. You wanted them to have a better showing in a potential playoff preview. I absolutely did. I wanted them to put on a better face than that. But guess what? They didn't. Okay, fine. They're still in playoff position. They still have a two-game lead with a tiebreaker for that spot. Only a half game back of San Diego. Matchup doesn't matter as far as I'm concerned. Just get in. And they still have an opportunity to really show us in the last couple of weeks that they are that kind of team. Even if they back into the playoffs, even if they don't host a game, maybe my bar is too low. I don't know. I I just see, I see some things to be excited about, even as they're playing rusty baseball. 
You know, they're 500 over their last 30 games. And I, and I get, you know, you need to have more than that. You need to have a little more momentum when Eagles season picks up. You need to have a little more something to, to really latch onto to keep attention when that happens. And, you know, that's just the nature of the beast here. But there's still, there, there's no reason to give up right now. They're leading for a playoff spot. And maybe I'm inventing somebody like, but I, I feel like people are starting to retreat a little bit, maybe to insulate themselves, trying to protect themselves. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I don't think you're inventing someone, but I also maybe, maybe this just goes to a larger point. It's like, you know, feel what you want to feel. And if you don't feel good about it, then go away. But if you, if you do feel good about it, then, <laughs> you know, embrace it for what it is. Like I, I always look at seasons, baseball seasons specifically, like, it's not, it can't be championship or bust because it is such a long season. And what you're looking for is, is you want to be entertained for, for seven months. Yeah. And I think there's some people out there who have been entertained for, from the very beginning. It, it hasn't been pretty, but it's been entertaining. And they are in playoff position right now with two weeks to go. And uh, I think for some people, though, it hasn't entertained them for seven months because it is a team that, that, you know, their odds and their chances of winning championship are not good. I, I don't think this team is going to win World Series. I, I don't think I've ever thought that. So for a lot of people, they that's just, you know, you tune it out. And I also think the lack of a divisional race. Maybe that's know, for, it. For, for a lot of people, for formative years, Paul, I mean, like a lot of, you know, middle-aged Phillies fans now, I guess, like their, you know, the, 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 their best memories are of, you know, intense September divisional races. Right. Or, or just pure domination, sure. like 2011 and 2010, where, you know, it, it was it was a dominant team that you think can win a World Series. The other years were, you know, great divisional races and, and, and so much drama in September that that is not happening. This is not that uh, it, it, it had no chance of being that. So there is an element of that. Uh, does a 16 tournament, you know, cheapen it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Um, so there's a lot of factors at play. I think uh, it, it hasn't been, you know, really exciting, you know, for them since, you know, probably the, the middle of August, I guess. Right. I, I, mean, I Maybe get even that. going further back than that. It's just kind of been, I wouldn't say plodding along, but, uh, you know, beating up on bad teams and doing what you're supposed to do against bad teams and just, and not really, not really doing much against the Mets and the Braves, you know, for like the last six weeks. That's essentially what this has been. That does, and so I, I, I get why people are kind of tuned out on that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but you know what? If people are tuned out, that's all right. Like if you're tuned in, that's cool sure. too. Like I think sure. there's going to be a lot of talk this week. The attendance, I don't think, is going to be very good. And like I guarantee you, that's going to be a huge talking point during <laughs> the week. Mm. People are going to be like, oh, well, like nobody cares, or like you know, how embarrassing or uh, whatever, whatever you want to put on it. Uh, it it's going to be a thing, I think. Well, your your talk of the divisional race, I, I think that's pertinent because there's maybe half of the fan base, I guess, um, was not alive the last time this team was a wild card team. And and even that comes with an asterisk because oh, God, it, it was man, it it was the strike short in 1981 season. Yeah, if you can yeah. if you can call that a wild card, yeah. like when this team went to the playoffs, they were the division winner. 
They yeah. won the division five straight years in, in the late 2000s and early 2010s. They won the division in 1993 when they made that World Series run. Every other time they've been there, like they, they've, they've won the division. And so there's probably been inherent with that some kind of feeling that, ooh, okay, however many divisions there were at the time, four, six, what have you, that this is a team that conquered this sliver of, of baseball that they have they have earned the right to feel like they are a championship contender because they've already won a little bit of something that that gives them a little bit of an extra bit of credential a little bit extra qualification and and, and usually those divisional races were you know against the, the Mets or the Braves yeah and now as they're so far out of it and they have been for a while now really if we're being honest that that missing element makes it feel makes it feel cheaper maybe it's all these things coming together maybe it's feeling like they're so far out of the division race with an expanded playoff field and they're kind of backing into the spot right now that's just all coming together and making people feel like it's i don't want to say illegitimate but at a point where it's so devalued as to be less enjoyable than if it were a division race or or something a little bit more competitive that there is some other kind of topping to this Sunday that's just missing right now. And that I could get, see that I can get on board with, because if you've got a team that's been out of the playoffs for 10 years, as, as we will continue to say, we have a long drought to break here that this sort of stuff isn't going to come back overnight. You're not just going to get people right back on board that are so starved for playoff baseball that, you know, this, this kind of baseball will just get people immediately back. Especially since there's not going to be a home game. Right. This is a good team. And we will continue to say that this is a good baseball team, but there needs to be something more than that to get more people back on. You know, people often say that, that home attendance usually reflects more of the previous year than it does the current year, or at least has enough say in it. Um, as to not because of the season ticket base. Yeah. To not be totally isolated. And I think we're probably going to see some of that next year. You know, if this team finishes it off and does get to the playoffs, makes an interesting move or two in the winter, as, as a lot of us think early on their, their position to do um, that there's going to be a little bit more interest, especially to start the year next year. And that'll be great. I mean, that's next year's problem and we'll, we'll get to that eventually. But as far as this year is concerned, it's really tough to sell this product, even as a, a, a good team, because it's not, it's not very good. It's not very, very good. It's not great. It's not great. It's good. Not you know, I, I, I can't say it's not very good because I was just saying it's very good earlier and I didn't want well, to contradict yeah, and myself. Want, and, like, and, and it's, it's, and, and those two, you know, these two opposing forces, like you can say, oh, it's a postseason team, but they're not mm-hmm. a great team. And that's hard for, and I, I get that. That's hard to reconcile because Pe- teams that make the postseason should be great teams. Yeah, I, I, I get it. People want to win. There's, there's a feeling in Philadelphia that, that, that overpowers all. And like, you, you just, you want to see a winner, man. You just want to see a winner. Like the, this underdog story is great, but I think it will only really matter if they finish off the story with a championship win. And that's very unlikely right now. <laughs> all things know, considered. And this, yeah. And this gets back to our, something we talked about weeks ago, which was like, what do you consider a successful season for the yeah. 2022 Phillies? Yeah. And I, I understand if there are people who are not content with just making a 16 tournament as the sixth team. Sure. Uh, I get it. I, I do think that 
we were trying to draw some parallels to, to 2007 just in terms of you know where the organization is on, on a competitive cycle not necessarily comparing the teams but comparing the the situation and and it's 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 might be a forced comparison just because of how much money the Phillies have spent how the roster is not necessarily constructed uh, in a similar way to the t- 2017. And because mm-hmm. there was just more excitement surrounding the 2017, because there seven really back with 17 to play yeah. is a singular event that, uh, you know, the energy from that will net will probably never exist again in the in you know the next 140 years of Phillies baseball. So, mm. uh, just as 1964 was a singular no event point. of energy, but like yeah. I mean, it, and it and it and it it affected people for decades after that. Sure, and maybe sure. maybe maybe we have to look at 2007 as affecting people for decades after that. It's just that that standard or that energy, uh, that bar for being excited about a Phillies team, it's going to be hard to reach. And in and 64, you would talk to people who were fans then or who were young then, and it affected them for decades, forever, probably still does, because there's just this doubt. And people are old enough to remember that. I'm sure, I'm sure they're, thinking, they're thinking about it right now. And so, well, they, yeah, they certainly are now. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of interesting dynamics right now. You know, they got Reese Hoskins back, but you know, he he ends up coming back against Spencer Strider. It's like good luck after not playing. You know, yeah, right. Four days. Um, Nick Castellanos' injury is taking way longer. I, I you know, I, I checked in with him yesterday. He's, you know, he says he's going to take some swings Tuesday. Oh boy. Uh, you know. I don't know uh, what's going on there. It's definitely taken longer than it should have. Zach Wheeler's coming back this week, and I think that's going to be the essentially the biggest thing that happens to the Phillies this week. It's like, how does Wheeler look? Uh, they demoted Noah Syndergaard to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to pitch on the days that Wheeler pitches, at least for the next two turns. Really interesting. Probably the thing they had to do. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I think good work needs to be rewarded. And I thought Bailey Falter, even though he didn't get through five innings Sunday, I thought, I thought it was the right decision to lift him, and I also thought he was he pitched well. Yeah, uh, I think people were upset just because of what happened. I think in the moment you can be like, "Oh, great move," and then people were upset because after that the bullpen gave up some runs. I, I thought it was the right move. I thought um, they hadn't really used the bullpen over the weekend. They had an off day Monday. Like it was a great spot to be a little aggressive in pulling falter. You don't necessarily want to get. Uh, an opposing lineup, a ton of looks at him. We've talked about Falter. He's to me the quintessential fifth starter. Uh, not overpowering, but but has has a way to get has a way to get it done. Uh, so you have to be protective of him though, just because he's not uh, too much exposure is is not good for him. So the Wheeler thing to me, that dynamic this week is it's the biggest storyline I think right now around the Phillies. It's not even about the postseason race. It's about Wheeler. Because again, if Wheeler's not capable or ready, none of this really matters. So uh, remind me, when is he when is he scheduled to start this week? He'll pitch, he'll pitch Wednesday against okay. the Padres. Okay, so he'll pitch Wednesday. Syndergaard's going to piggyback off him. The expectation is that Wheeler hopefully gets through three, four, two or three, two or three. Yeah, I, th- I think two or three, somewhere around fifty-ish pitches, somewhere okay. around there, somewhere between fifty and sixty pitches. I think they're being really cagey about it. Like Rob Thompson was asked, like, of course they is are. there? Do you guys have a pitch count in mind for him? 
and Rob just says yes and smiles, oh, and that was God. it. So I, I, you know, talking to Wheeler, he he says, you know, if I can get to ninety, he's got three starts here, and he's like, yeah. if I can get to ninety by the third start, I'm good. And I think that's you know that's his expectation. So I think if you're looking at something like fifty five, then seventy, then eighty five to ninety ish in those three so, starts so he's got so then his probables are toronto at the cubs at the nationals hopefully Correct. skipping the houston series okay i mean Correct. if you're if you're looking to ramp up a guy that's that's good that's about as favorable as you can get with this remaining schedule you you get three of the weaker teams you can't really and, call toronto a weak team but they're weaker than right. in houston and that puts him on regular rest for game one of yeah. the postseason i that yeah that's the way you got to do it and look even even if Wheeler can't get to 90 or, you know, 90 plus effective, you know, held velocity, held command pitches by his last tune-up start against Washington, that's okay as far as I'm concerned. If he looks good through 60 pitches with the playoffs looming and how big each of those games is going to be in a three-game series, look, if you can get through four plus really good innings with that, that that's fine. I just, I want him to stay healthy. I want him to look good. I don't want him to come out there and end up throwing, you know, 90 by the third inning, like kind of what we were seeing in early April when he was doing his spring training thing. Like I, I don't, I don't want to see a repeat of that because that's a bad sandwich to this season. All I want in whatever length he has out there is for him to just look good. He doesn't have to, you know, strike out 10 guys, um, I would prefer if he didn't walk four or five guys. I just want him to look like he's on the right track because like you said, he is absolutely essential. He's to he's totally necessary for this team to really have a, sh a, a decent shot. If they don't, it'll be, you know, more if he's not ready, I should say it'll be more of a Cinderella thing than any of us could have imagined, but that that's a bad plan. Like you don't want to hope for that. How many, how many, how many starters do you think in the postseason last year through a hundred or more pitches? Oh, I'm I'm gonna say two, three, three. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's not a thing anymore. I mean, as much as I, as much as I would love to see eventually a recreation of, um, hopefully in a better direction, uh, 2011 NLDS game five. <laughs> um, that's that's probably <laughs> never that's probably never happening again. At least not in this no. version of baseball. So you just have to hope that however long he goes, whatever that pitch count is that he just holds his stuff. That's the thing. He doesn't have to go seven. He he wouldn't go seven probably even if he was fully healthy, just the way things are going and the way the playoffs go these days. So I just, I just want him to stay healthy. I don't want to see a setback. I don't want to see him, God forbid, clutch his arm or something or have to leave a game after an inning and a third. I just, I just want him to get through healthy. I just want these guys to recover. I would love for Castellanos to recover and get healthy. You just want to feel a little bit reassured that everybody on this team isn't backing their way into the playoffs. Cause we're already right. at like that, that, that level you were talking about of not a lot, not a ton of confidence in this team right now. You, you need every edge you can get. You need the fans behind you. You need a little bit of, you know, of that support, that intangible to try and lift you up a little bit. And if everything is just sort of stuck in neutral or, or maybe taking a half step back as this Houston series wraps up um, early next month, it, it's not going to help. I mean, it's not going to have a material impact, probably, but it's not going to help. Yeah, I mean, over the last 10 days, like, I don't know, which hitters would you say are like Real Muto, Marsh? 
like Schwarber's numbers are good, actually. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like you know, you're talking about everyone backing backing their way in. It feels like everyone is right now sort of backing their way in, right? Sure, and at and least some, among at least among the hitters. Yeah, and I mean some some of that's injury related. You know, Harper's obviously very rusty. He struck out a lot. He had a bad Atlanta series. His average is down below 300. I think for the first time since April, something like that. Um, and, and nobody really feels like they're they're taking things over right now. You know, you, you kind of hope that. You know, in 2007, you had, um, you know, Rollins on his MVP push and and, yeah. and Howard doing that. Like it felt like somebody was taking over in the 2011 season. You had the pitching just absolutely running through everybody. Right now, it doesn't feel like there's anybody with the rest of the 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 wild card race or anything by the throat. Yes, JT is still playing great, and I, and I think we'll need to talk about this season more and more as as time passes because. It, it is really JT has. Real Muto a Hall of Famer? Oh boy! Oh, do we want to get into that? <laughs> I was, uh, we don't want to get into that now. But I was actually oh. having a conversation with somebody about this. If he's on, his, if he continues on his current track, <laughs> I mean, like he's Ooh, boy. he's on a hall he's on a Hall of Fame track for a catcher. I mean, look, <sighs> he's, if, his, I, if you look up his numbers this year, and I've written about it. I mean, like his numbers uh-huh. for a thirty-one-year-old catcher are. Uh, it, it's going to end up being among one of the best seasons ever for a catcher in his thirties. Well, look, I mean, I, I pulled out, I pulled out the Yadi Molina comparison to him a week or two ago. I, I tried to look at what they were each doing through. What was, I think they're age 25 through 31 seasons, something like that. And that comparison doesn't really hold up because they're different players. JT is, is more offensively minded than Yadi. I think almost ever was except for, you know, one or two seasons and Yadi even as good as JT is on defense, Molina is just is one of the better defensive catchers of all time. Yeah, um, J- JT's got work to do. I would I don't yes. think he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he is on a Hall of Fame track. And I think that's I think important he's on to a think. Hall of Fame track. Right, right, and and that's that's the mindset to to think about here. Like this is a guy who's still in his early thirties, who is really he's really on a roll, especially for a position historically doesn't have a lot of offensive overachievers. Like if if he can. He, I, I, I hesitate to knock him down because this is what his one, two, three, four, five, his sixth season logging over 500 plate appearances as, as a, not just majority catcher, like an all the time catcher. If he can put up a couple more of those before he really settles back into more part-time, then yeah, I think that's a conversation to have for sure. I mean, that's, you know, a 2025 conversation probably, yeah. but yeah, I, th- I think it's worth bringing up. It's it's a, it's a it's a remarkable season. It is. He's had in every way. He's having a, a superstar season, and the contract is not yet justified. But uh, the first, you know, the first two years have been have been quite good. I think uh, it's yeah. very good for that contract. And uh, I think when you sign a five year deal to a catcher in his thirties, you're hoping that you get uh, three prime years. Maybe a fourth year as an everyday catcher, you know, uh, you know, with diminished production. Sounds and the fair. fifth year, you know, maybe he's a catcher, first baseman, you know, DH, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first two years have been have been quite good on on a, on an individual assessment. And so, all right, so so bringing that back to bringing that back to this year's team, you you have you have JT who's on this role and and has been playing fantastically for a couple of months now. <laughs> he he doesn't feel like enough 
no. somehow to pull everybody in. And if, and if Harper isn't playing well, which he did not play well in this Atlanta series, but he could still turn it around. Obviously, he's he's a world class talent. How many more guys do, do we need to do we just need one person to really step up and and try and seize this by the throat like we're talking about to really emerge as somebody who is, you know, to to use the the phrase that's maybe used a little too much now putting the team on his back to get them in like do we need that hero or is no, this I mean, version of this need, team not they, built for that no they need like three guys mm. i mean let's remember like when they were going at their best and you know when they were playing compelling baseball and and, and people started to get excited and i mean it was really two guys it was schwerber and hoskins at the top i mean they were just carrying them uh and, and it worked because they hit one and two and they were always on base and they you know, some of the guys at the bottom of got on and Torbert and Hoskins hit home runs, et cetera, et cetera. The starting pitching was good. Uh, they they need, I think they need right now, they need three guys. You know, I, I do. I mean, and, and, and especially, I made this point in a story I wrote. I mean, I, I think, you know, October baseball is, is, is very different. And, you know, you're going to see good pitching every night. And they saw really good pitching this weekend be like the exception of Jake Odorizzi, who they should have hit better and they didn't. Mm. Uh, you're going to see good pitching every night in October, and, and it's hard to score. And so, like, the unit that's going to really, you know, make the difference, I think, is, is your rotation. I mean, if Nola and Wheeler and now Suarez can can step up, like, you have a chance. And and they've, yeah. they've all pitched well at times this year, really. And so your offense, you're not looking, you know, you're not going to score five runs a night. You're probably not. <laughs> That's just postseason baseball. Like it's not, especially in this run scoring environment right now. The way the game has changed, I yeah. feel like almost overnight. I think we're going to see like a lot of low scoring games this postseason, don't you? I mean, it makes sense. You know, pitchers have ruled this sport for a couple of years now, and you know, and from the rotation on the bullpen, yeah, yeah, and rotation on through the bullpen. You know, it. It's funny you're you're talking about needing multiple guys to to contribute for this team to really feel like they've they've either got a chance or getting people more excited. And I, I, I just look at, I look at what this team has done for most of this year. And like, it was more obvious back when they were winning, but this team really is built on top of its supporting cast, which is interesting because they have these stars. They have Harper who was playing really well before he got hurt and on, on balance is still having a very good year. They have JT who's rebounded and played very well. But when, when these, when some of these guys were hurt and out, what was it all about? It was all about the bench. It was all about the role players. You look at some of these bench lines right now with Nick Maton still throwing an OPS over a thousand Garrett Stubbs. season line is still fantastic. Um, Bryson Stott's numbers are, are better than his season line would indicate. The bullpen was carrying this team for a long time. So much of it is not obvious, I guess, would be the way to put it. Maybe that so much is either reliant on the non-stars for this team to succeed, or the actual performance is better than what it looks like on paper. That there's sort of like this... this the whole is greater than the sum of its parts kind of team where mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. to take, you have to take an extra minute to really look at the construction of it and the performances and think like, why, why is this team succeeding the way it is? I was looking at, um, I was looking at uh, team pitching performance and the Phillies are currently holding opponents under a 700 OPS for the season. 
Now, the last time they did that was 2011. Okay. It, it, it's a little bit different now. The, the the run scoring environments, like you were talking about, is different. That's still an OPS plus for this year of 93, which is good. You want lower in this case. The last time the Phillies like really had a, a good unit like this was that 2011 team. And it's not really com- like comparable that way. But it doesn't feel like they're pitching that well for the season. It doesn't feel like the entire unit. For some well, reason, because, I can't explain it. Well, that's because I, I just looked this up now, and I, I knew I knew this was the case. I guess I didn't really know for sure. The league, right now, the league on base percentage is 312 across the league. Uh-huh. That's going to be the lowest in Major League Baseball since 1972. That long? 72? 1972 whoa i didn't realize it was that dire that's this is almost like a like bob gibson redux that's just a couple years after i mean uh, the ops you know just the league ops year to year it has dropped 20 points from last year to this year Mm. and the 708 ops this year for major league hitters is going to be the lowest uh since 2014 and that's with a dh added to the other half of the league yes yes Yes. That's I had not no I had not noticed that. That's that is interesting. So that's you know, why it, it doesn't feel like they're pitching balls because there's really good pitching just about <laughs> everywhere right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe that's it. And they pitched <laughs> they pitched the ball okay. They've been yeah. middle of the pack in a lot of ways. Yeah. The rotation has been near the top in a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because of the length that they've gotten. But Paul, I mean, like you're looking for certain guys to step up. So who do you think? In like, let's just take it week by week. Who steps up okay. this week? Who do you, who do you give? Who do, who in your mind needs to or has the best shot of stepping up? You know, this week, give me a pitcher and a hitter. I mean, like, I feel like you're looking for guys right now. They're searching. I, I wrote about this in Athletic. Like, the, the, they're clearly searching for something. They're not panicking. I really don't think they are. Like, Schwarber is a huge. Schwarber is a huge presence. Like, he really is. Like, he. Everybody is looking to him, and he is willing to be that guy, and nice. it's impressive. It's impressive. I mean, he he is setting a tone, and it's a different tone than we've seen in there. That said, it's time to step up because, like, they need guys to step up on the field. So I don't yeah. know. What do you think? I, I I got a guy for you. Okay. It's Gene Segura. Ah. Because look, I, I've watched him the last week, and he's he's a little over aggressive at the plate lately. He's chasing a lot of high pitches. One of them he hit out for a home run. Yeah, um, which, which was great, but he's swinging at a lot of high stuff. He's never been the most patient guy, but he's he's a little more amped up, I think, because he wants this. I can see him. I can see him making this effort because I think he just wants to get to the playoffs so bad he can taste it. This team is on the doorstep. He's never been. He is the guy who right now is showing me. Despite maybe not having the best numbers over the last however long. And I'd have to actually pull this up um, just to look at this real quick over the last seven days. Segura is okay. He's, he's right in the middle of the pack. As far as the team is concerned, 273 average 788 OPS uh, team OPS on the whole is, is not great over the last week, obviously, as we saw over the weekend. Anyway, I feel like this is Gene's time. I feel like this is the moment where he finally cements his impact on, on his time with this team. Because he's on the doorstep of the playoffs for the first time. 
you can tell he's going up there hungry. He wanted like that bat flip when he hit that walk off single last week. That that right there told me like how into this he is. And there's energy there that I'd love to see more tap into. I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys really get that fired up because it's not that emotional of a team on balance. You know, you'll see Harper react. You'll see JT on rare occasions get pretty pumped up. Apart from that, on offense, there is, you know, Reese maybe will will slap on the dugout rail and 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 provide a good face. You know, you can you can usually lean on him for that. But on balance, like these are guys who are just kind of you know, they're not lifeless at all, but they're not over the top. Maybe you can get a little bit of energy from Nick Maton. Maybe there's something there that um, can really push these guys to feel like they're on, they're really on the precipice of the playoffs. That it, it's coming through the screen. That's really jumping out at you. But those are more role players. I think if you're looking for a regular to focus on and somebody who who really could leap off the screen at you, I think Segura's got that chance. How about you? Yeah, do, give, you have, do you have somebody? Me, yeah, give me Hoskins this week. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be my pick to click this week. So we got we got Segura and Hoskins. We'll see what happens. But uh I'm, hey, look, Reese would be due, right? He's he's cooled off a bit. It's been, you know, it's been a week or two where he's been he hasn't been in a in the toilet. He hasn't been like on it at his coldest, but I, I feel like we're about due for Reese to go on a little bit of a binge cross 30 home runs. You know, I could well, see they that. Have, sure. They have, they have six regulars with an OPS plus over a hundred. Mm-hmm. I, I, they have six regulars. With, they have five regulars with an OPS plus over 110, 10% better than league average. It doesn't, doesn't feel that way, does it? No, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it doesn't. doesn't feel that. That's they're what hitting. I'm saying. So I'm trying to get at is it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way, and it is. It's funny because it is a team that is the sum of its parts, and 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 that is what they the opposite of what they've been in the last four years. Mm. It is because yeah. we had we saw so many great individual star performances, and and, and not a, not a good team around them. But this year, there's a different dynamic, and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's why we, this feeling is odd for us. But uh, yeah, I, let's see. Let's see who steps up. Some, you know, they need a few guys to step up. And maybe, like you said, it's a role player. Maybe it is. Yeah, a Brandon Marsh or Nick Mayton or Matt Beerling or Bryson Stott. You know, Alec Bohm ha- has you know been steady now for months. I, like, I don't know. Well, I mean. It's kind of how I've looked at it for a couple of years with the way baseball teams are built, right? You, you need complete teams and you need depth to get through a regular season and then get to the playoffs where you want your big boys to show up, whether they're the arms or the bats. You'll still need the contributions from the full team, absolutely, if you really want to make a push, especially against better teams who are clearly going to be favored against you. But you have to feel good about the construction of the team that comes into the playoffs featuring guys on offense like a Bryce Harper, or like a JT Real Muto, even as weird as Kyle Schwarber's season has been. And it's been weird to me. Like, this is a weird <laughs> year for this dude. So weird. Um, You have to feel pretty good about having somebody like that who's, yes, played in the playoffs, but is really just a good major league hitter at, at the end of the day. You know, even if he is having a weird year that there's talent in being able to hit 40 home runs. Um, we can talk about the particulars of his season another time for sure, but you're getting there now with this full team, with the depth that has performed, you are, you are on the doorstep of actually capital G capital T getting there, there being playoffs. And now 
you kind of want to lean on the big guys to help you out a little bit. Sure. Um, and yeah, that should be the expectation. Guys to step up. Yeah. 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 Time for Bryce Harper to step up. Look, Atlanta series was bad for just about everybody. Almost everybody had a bad trip. I get it. It's fine. Happens. Whatever. Move on. That series will not give the Phillies a, a disadvantage in the playoffs as they end up facing the Braves. It doesn't count for anything. Objectively, the Braves do not gain a, a lead through four innings because they swept the Phillies this weekend. It doesn't happen. Does it make you feel good about their chances? Yeah, maybe not. Okay, I get that. Phillies also didn't pitch Zach Wheeler in that series. You know, if you want to keep asterisking things, it has no material effect on a potential playoff series. So you just have to shake it off. Us too, as fans, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shake it off. You gotta feel like, okay, they didn't have a great showing. Fine. I, I cannot say this enough. They're still in playoff position. They can still seize their, their playoff destiny. They can have a good week, show up against Toronto, show up against Atlanta at home. They, they play much better at home. So you got to feel better about their chances there. And just get people feeling better about this. You know, we can still focus on the Houston series at the start of October. And I'd like to, I'd like to keep our eyes on that and, and set that as an early target and, hopefully be, you know, resting guys and getting tune-ups in and not fighting for your life or God forbid trailing. Uh, but <laughs> the simple fact of the matter is you just can't think about last weekend anymore and realize right. that on, on the whole, this is like we're saying a good team, even if it takes a little bit of effort to realize it, that there are things to be excited about. And there are reasons to feel like this team could be a spoiler. How funny is it that last week you said, can't wait to see, uh, you know, what, 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 what our tone is like on the next podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> it really has been. It's gone back and forth week by week, hasn't it? Every, every time. But at least with this one, there is a consistent string of positivity, I think, or optimism. Because if this were in the middle of the summer, I don't think I would be feeling as good. Which is ironic to say because the pressure is ramping up and it's it's mid to late September and they did just get swept in a potential playoff preview. But I I feel better about it than I would have in a, if it happened in July or even early August. Because we must be, we must be delusional. We, we got to be, right? But I look at it and I'm like, yes, they, they got beat. But they did still look pretty good and competitive on Saturday and Sunday. And for the one millionth time, they're still in playoff position. That's the different thing about all of this. They are not chasing anybody. You can't even say they're chasing San Diego. because it's, it's half a game with a game in hand, and, and they've you know shown that they can jump out in front of them pretty you know consistently. It's happened. The history is there. So I, I don't like that it's taking effort to feel like we're trying to convince <laughs> ourselves, some cases, but, but other folks who may be counting this team out a little bit prematurely, that there really are very good things about this team, not just to feel about on a playoff phase, but to watch night to night. Again, I, I, I sometimes struggle with the thought of, am I inventing somebody I'm, I'm trying to, to talk to or trying to present these arguments to? But I do feel like there's at least a little, you know, pocket of the population of the fanhood that is just like, why bother? And I, and I don't think this is the team to count out especially not if it's been so long since we've had playoff baseball, that that should be the level of success, that this shouldn't be a thought of, 
well, we need to recreate 2007's energy. No, maybe think about it as a positive spin on 2006, where this team got so close but missed out. Maybe this is the team that's so close but actually gets in. And even if they don't make a deep playoff run, much as they did not in 2007, there should still be positive things to take away going into next year. And I don't think that should be completely written off just because they're not a championship caliber team, probably, right now. Fair enough. That's a good place to end. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, people I think are going to listen to this and say we're delusional, but yeah, I, maybe. I'll, but I'll I'm enjoying my, it. I'll stake my ground in this spot. I, I do. Um, you know, I, I think we'll see what happens this week. <laughs> Six games, and I, I have no idea what to expect. I really don't. No, neither do I. Look, Matt, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I, I get that it's stressful, and I get that some people are worried about missing out on the playoffs again. I don't think the worry and the preoccupation about another potential collapse that has not happened, you know, if they actually do fall apart, then we'll have more to talk about. The the, the big C word has not happened this season. A, a lot's on the line happened. here, because if they do do that, I don't think the manager is back. Like, there's a lot on the line right here. Of course. There's of a course. Lot on the line. Yeah. But you know what? I'll worry about that when it actually happens, when they actually fall behind Milwaukee by a full game and are out of a spot. If that happens, okay, my tone is going to change dramatically. For right now, I'm still enjoying it. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead to Toronto and home against Atlanta. I am looking forward to whittling down that magic number from 14 as it stands today. Uh, Milwaukee plays tonight while the Phillies are idle, I believe, so it could be it could hopefully drop another another digit. I I am still having fun and I want to hang on to that because the last few years have not been fun and I am trying to enjoy this for as long as I can until they actually literally give me a reason not to. And that's where I'm at. Fair enough. It's about the most coherent thing I've heard this entire <laughs> podcast. Call me delusional anyway. All right. So that's that's where we're at. The Phillies had a bad series in Atlanta, but guess what? We move on. We move forward. We play more baseball. And the Phillies will do that this week. They're home for a bit against Toronto and Atlanta. This Hopefully things it. will go Last better. This is it. Show up. Then I'm going to pack up. my bags for possibly 18 days on the road. God bless. <laughs> Rack up those miles. Uh, but yeah, the, look, I, we'll, we'll say it as many times as it remains true. The Phillies are still in playoff position. They control their own destiny. They can whittle things down. And, and hopefully by the end of the following week, we're thinking about clinching a playoff spot. They got to do it. But until they give us a reason to doubt, I'm just going to keep believing and, and enjoy what's going on. <sighs> because the previous few years, it given me no choice. Anyway, that's where we're at. Thank you so much for listening. As always, joined by the Athletic Philadelphia's Matt Gallup. I am Paul Boyer. We'll see you next week, I hope. <laughs> <laughs>